Next in Nonprofits, I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Sean Kaliza. He is the founder and CEO of ShopRaise. Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. I'm very happy to be here. We, we got connected to talk a little bit about what ShopRaise is and more importantly, kind of how the whole ecosystem of bringing people into nonprofit missions through tools like um, shopping add-ons as a way of collecting donations and support. Um, but before we dive too much into so much of the big picture, can you bring us into the little picture? Uh, tell us a little bit more about what is ShopRaise? What's the work that you do directly? Oh, absolutely. So ShopRaise is actually, we consider it a partnership platform. So instead of looking at just everyday shopping, we're really looking at managing the relationships between nonprofits and causes and the retailer slash corporate you know, environment and, and corporate partners. So uh, our primary program is a shopping program where we turn everyday shopping into support for your favorite cause. And the easiest way to understand that is that as you're shopping every single day, you're going to all the retailers, all the shopping, you're shopping for groceries, you're shopping for clothes, you're going out to eat at restaurants. There's an opportunity to monetize those transactions and then turn it into donations for your cause. And if you think about all of your supporters and all the opportunities that they have uh, and all the transactions they're doing, that actually adds up to quite a significant amount of, uh, of money that can actually donate to your cause. And more importantly, it's unrestricted funds, which I know is something mm -hmm. really important for a lot of nonprofits that they can actually uh, uh, take advantage of. So when you say partnership platform, um, how many partners are participating? Do the nonprofit organizations need to kind of register ahead of time? And, and how do they select which shopping partners? How does all that part work? Sure. So we actually have relationships with over 1,500 retailers, including some of the biggest name brands in the industry. We're talking places like Walmart, Home Depot, uh, play, even Amazon. We have a relationship with them now as well. Uh, so when a nonprofit wants to add a shopping program to the mix, typically providers like ShopRace, all you have to do is sign up. You don't have to worry about the relationships with every single retailer. We we manage that. We handle all that. So all you have to do is sign up and then uh, start promoting your program to your supporters. We handle literally everything else. Your supporters then download uh, either a browser extension or a mobile app, and then they can literally start shopping right away. Uh, and those donations that are generated are actually given to your cause. So with the browser extension, how does that um, connect to that charity? If I have that browser extension in and I go to one of those retailers that's a partner, does it you know pop up going, hey, do you want to count this when your shop raise giving or does it do that automatically? Or how, do, how, do, how does it happen once I've got the extension installed? Sure. So it's actually a little bit, uh, it's simpler and more complicated. We we actually set up the program to follow all the rules of the retailers have. You know, our goal is to make sure every constituent is happy with the relationship. We want the retailer to be happy and we want the nonprofit to be happy. Um, so what we do is if you download the browser extension, literally you can start shopping at your favorite stores. And there's two ways to do it. One is you can go to our website, where you can uh, then search for any store that you want to shop at, but you can also just go directly to that website itself and an automated pop-up appears and it, allow, it gives you that opportunity to donate to the cause. Now, one of the things that shopping programs should do, like what ShopRaise does, is we actually customize everything for your organization. You get your logo, you get your messaging on everything. So from the consumer perspective, from your supporters, they feel like it's your program every opportunity that they have to shop. So let's say you're going to four or five websites, you know, in a week or a day, 
when that pop-up appears, it's all about your organization. It has your logo. It has your messaging. So that way that, that supporter feels comfortable and happy. They're like, yeah, all you have to do is click the button and a portion of your purchase goes to your cause. And you're like, yes, of course I want to do that. It's really easy. We also have a gift card program, which again is another, another way you can monetize these transactions. And right now we have about 250 gift cards uh, that you can use from. And one of the nice things about programs like ShopRaise is you can actually use both. You can shop using our, our shopping program and you can actually pay for your transactions using our gift card program and combine those commissions together to increase the impact that you have uh, and the donation that you have for your organization. So through your platform, is there a specific uh, set dollar amount of a transaction you get or does that vary by retailer that's participating? It actually varies by retailer, but on average, our our average supporter is spending over $300 a month within our system, and they're generating for their organization somewhere between $10 and $12 a month for, for the organization, which kind of sounds like a small amount until you realize that this is not a donation that the supporter has. They don't have to pull any extra money out of their pocket to make that donation. You know, if you if you know programs like Roundup, where you're asked at the end of a transaction, would you like to round up to the next dollar or would you like to add an additional donation to your transaction? All of those events are basically ways to ask that that consumer, that supporter to pay more with programs like ShopRaise. You don't have to pay any more for the transaction you do. If you buy one hundred dollars at places like Walmart, you pay one hundred dollars. You can, like I said, combine the gift card and the and the shopping program together. So you could buy a $100 gift card, activate the shopping program and pay that $100 at, uh, at, at walmart.com. And you actually get the commission for, for both. Hmm. But the really that, and that's really the benefit of shopping programs is that you're not pulling any more money out of your constituents' pocket. And we know, especially when you're talking about younger generations uh, or even just the vast majority of Americans right now, they don't have a lot of extra disposable income. But however, at the same time, they're very, very motivated to support the causes that they really care about. So we try to balance that is to give people that opportunity to live their values on a daily basis through their everyday shopping, but without having to actually hit their pocketbook uh, at all. So when we first got introduced, I, I, I was expressing a little skepticism about, you know, how much time and energy does the nonprofit want to put into promoting this particular option that uh, shopping programs raise. And uh, I'm sure I'm not the only skeptic you've run into who are like, boy, I don't want to promote the idea of go, go shop instead of make a donation or whatever. And I think that there's some opportunity for, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about this to, to say you can absolutely do both, that you are trying to get people to um, take advantage of those extra gifts that can come in because of the money they're already spending on shopping and become a financial supporter in some other way. Um, but I'm I'm concerned or thinking a little bit about that. How much attention do we get from those people that care about our causes? If we, if we get two mixed messages about do this, do this, do this, how many of those things can we get them to engage in? And uh, I'm sure as you talk with charities, you hear those concerns. So how do you talk with people about, you know, those questions of, attention and diversion and how it works with uh, having this program and requesting traditional donations? Sure. The first thing that, that whenever I talk to any nonprofit or we do any webinar, or any communication, the first thing I always say is that this is not, this is not a program for everyone. If you mm -hmm. are a brand new nonprofit and you don't have all of your other donation channels set up and running and working well, do not do a shopping program. 
Shopping programs are primarily for organizations that are already established, that they have a solid base of supporters, and you're looking to do really two things. The first one is to help eke out a little bit more unrestricted funds and donations from those people who are already donating. So I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you have a donation campaign and you're, you know, you finally, you're, you're doing your campaign. You have a lot of supporters and people finally say, you know something, I'm going to donate the hundred dollars today. One of the biggest challenges that a lot of nonprofits have is that right after that donation, they now, you now start thinking and saying, wait a second, they, they just did the donation. What can I do now? What can I ask for them now? I mean, you can ask for another donation, but you have an equal chance of having them give you that extra donation or to say, you know, I already gave it to you. I'm kind of turned off. Shop raise is a great way to be able to engage those supporters in a way, again, like I said, it doesn't impact their pocketbook. It's a great post donation program. It's a great way where as people, if they're giving recurring donations um, or they're already volunteering, they're already engaged in organization, that's another opportunity where they don't feel like it's an imposition on the actual supporter itself. Now, again, like I said, if you're, you know, if you're a newer organization and you're just setting everything up and you're just trying to get your large donors, you're, you're tr just trying to set up all of your different channels, then the answer is I would not recommend shop rates to do. If you're brand new, just don't, don't do any type of shopping program. Because again, which would you rather have? Would you rather have a hundred dollar donation right now? Or would you rather be able to earn a hundred dollars over the course of a year? That's no contest. You want the hundred dollars right now. But there are a lot of donors. There are a lot of people who would be donors to your cause. We're talking younger generations, Generation Z, uh, millennials, people who, let, let's say, just don't have a lot of disposable income. These are great programs to engage those people. You know, a lot of times, especially over the last 10 years, uh, there's been a lot of focus on on large donors, on cultivating those larger donors. And one of the challenges that actually has happened is that that is focused uh, have, has has had everybody focus on basically frankly the older generation and as that generation starts aging out we have to replace that the all the all those donations with younger donors and most organizations aren't even focused on the younger donors you know millennials for example you know one of the biggest complaints millennials have is that they're not really solicited a lot by nonprofits uh, by organizations that they probably would care about if they just knew that there was an opportunity uh, so again, you know, sh shopping programs are great to engage people who don't have the funds, younger people who you want to get engaged. So as they get more disposable income, they can become your big donors, but also give you the opportunity to engage those donors uh, in an, those current donors in an additional way. So in your work as a the kind of platform between, do you um, kind of help poach some of the nonprofits through the thinking about the segmentation question, because as I'm hearing you talk, um, this idea of, I, I really want to make sure that my first communications are around those traditional donations. If you're able to give, please do. Let's do recurring donations every month. Let's do with a big year end gift, whatever those other things are that you might be doing. But then as you've made those channels happen, as you've made those connections, you might segment the next round of communications to other ways to support the organization, including shop raise, you know, whatever other things might be right, but that you may think about segmenting that differently for folks that maybe don't respond to that first round of, you know, can you send us the hundred bucks? And the first response is, well, no, I can't actually. So I'm not gonna. Um, and then you can look at that audience a little bit differently saying, well, maybe you'd respond differently to this opportunity than to the opportunity to give. Um, is, is that, you know, not really your wheelhouse, or is it something you do talk to nonprofits about that strategy? 
No, absolutely. We, we, we talk about, you know, if you think about it, it's really a binary. A lot of times when you're doing a donation drive, you're giving your supporters a binary choice. Will you donate? Yes or no? And the thing is, is that I always recommend to any nonprofit we talk to is to say, look, always give them that additional option. Obviously, we want them to donate. That is the primary call to action. But if you say, hey, the option is either to donate or not donate, all those people that decide not to donate are potentially people who could engage your organization with other ways. And those those ways might be volunteering. If you have an organization where you have volunteering opportunities, ask for volunteering spots. Always ask for that because that gives somebody say, maybe I don't, you know, maybe that supporter doesn't have the hundred dollars they can give right now, but maybe they have an extra two hours on the weekend that they can go and volunteer at your organization. Maybe you have a petition or some sort of legislation you're trying to advocate for, or maybe you, maybe you want to give uh, opportunities. You have opportunities to spread the word. You want to give those types of opportunities in that donation request. So that way, if somebody again, doesn't have the money, they can do it. And sh and shopping programs are a way in order to do that, to say, hey, you don't have the money right now. That's okay, because you're still making that purchase from Amazon tomorrow or later this afternoon. Well, if you just sign up for this little program, now you have an opportunity to contribute in a way that actually impacts the organization in a positive way without having to pull money out of your pocket. So that that's really what we what we try to we try to tell nonprofits and other organizations to really focus in on is stop thinking in that binary way and giving that your supporters only one way to engage with you and give them a multitude of ways to do it with realizing that your ultimate goal is to raise the funds. Volunteering is great, but if you don't have the funds, your organization won't exist. So we always have to really focus on how do we actually maximize that now and how do we look into the future to be able to cultivate the next generation of donors to help, you know, to help make sure that you have a sustainable organization through the course of time. I really appreciate what you're saying about that binary um, piece. I, I always like to kind of coach people through the idea that you're uh, you're asking, you know, would you, would you like to give $10 a month or would you like to give $100 right now? You know, not, you know, will you give, but which one of these choices makes sense for you? Sure. Uh, and, but, but this, you know, ultimately, of course, for a lot of people, it's like, well, the cash one doesn't make sense right now, or it's not an option for me right now for whatever reason or whatever that, that call may be. But having that, that next tier of opportunities, that way of engaging, and I really appreciate what you're saying about things like volunteering or, um, you know, doing some outreach on social media on behalf of the organization and promoting the cause that way. There's a lot of ways people can support a mission. Um, one of my preconceptions going into this conversation, though, is like, if I give them that option too early of one of the ways you can support us is by shopping, then they just go, oh, well, good, I've taken care of you then. Because, you know, I've, I've, I already do shopping every month, and I'll do the shop thing. And then I'm done. And I don't have to support you any other way, because I've done the one thing. And I, I can turn that part of my brain off, like I met that obligation, I helped that one charity. But ultimately, you know, it may only be 10 or $12 a month, and maybe they could have done more had the uh, the focus been more on that donation. So I really appreciate how you're saying it's not just give or not give, uh, but rather, you know, how can you cross all of those paths? Um, so that, that all said, let me come back to that core of what I was getting at with the, do you ever hear that concern from charities? Like, well, if I give people the shopping option though, aren't they going to um, slide on these other ones that are ultimately maybe even better in our giving relationship if they were to make a, a slightly larger direct donation? Because even 50 bucks would have taken a lot of shopping to get to. 
And a lot of people can afford to do the $50 gift. They just haven't really made the decision yet of, am I going to give to you? Or is it going to be, well, the shopping is my way of giving to you. So I don't have to do the gift now. Do you, do you hear that? Concern? Yeah. So actually, you know, kind of, kind of two, two thoughts on that. So first, you're kind of talking a little bit about tactics. So yep. from a tactical perspective, you might sit there and say, if I have a donation campaign and I'm sending out a series of emails or a series of contacts in a variety of different channels, I mean, you could mitigate that really easily by having your first couple messages only being about donations. Uh, where you give the opportunity for people who have the ability to donate, give them the opportunity to, to make that donation. But at the end of that campaign, you're going to have a small portion of people who took the action you want, which is made the donation, mm -hmm. and a very, very large portion of people who didn't. Right. Now, so now you <laughs> yes. sit there and say, usually that's where it ends. You're like, oh, my campaign's done and that's where it ends. But hey, you can actually say, I got these people that didn't engage that way. Now let's give them the other way to engage. So from a tactical perspective, you don't have to put it side by side at the same level of like, you know, give a donation or do shopping. Ask them for the donation and then afterwards, uh, you know, give them the ability or given the ability to add for shopping. For example, uh, we have a program that we what we call our post donation program, which is actually designed to go onto the thank you page the thank you messaging and the thank you emails that are sent out right after you make a donation. Again, that's like the critical time where you built up a relationship with that supporter to the point where they're so confident that they're going to pull money out of their pocket. I mean, that's a very, very difficult place to get to. You have enthusiasm, you have excitement, you have all the different things that you kind of built up. They believe in your organization enough to part with some money. Again, right after that is usually that question mark period where a lot of nonprofits struggle and say, now what? What do I do now? I mean, part of what you want to do after you have that donation is to, again, demonstrate that impact. And hopefully during your communications, you're demonstrating what that impact of that donation is going to be. That $50 donation will feed, you know, will feed X number of people mm -hmm. over the course of X period of time, right? You know, I could save five cats in a cat shelter for the next two months if, you know, if I have this donation. Hopefully you've been building up to that. But at, you know, with right after that donation, that's the perfect time again to get people engaged in your organization. Because just telling them about your impact is one thing, but you want to engage them with what's next. Maybe they can volunteer, maybe they can do shopping, you know, maybe, maybe again, they can start spreading the word on social media. But there also is another angle that you have to look at, and that is the younger generation. Typically with nonprofits right now, younger generations are hard to engage with. You know, if you think about, I'll bring in the board, for example, if you look at the average nonprofit board, you will, it's very rare to find somebody under 40, 40 years old, 35 years old. Usually they're your large donors. Usually they're in the older generations. And that's absolutely fine because they're the people who have the relationships that can help you get started. However, when you think about it, you're, you need to, nonprofits need to engage with younger generations as we go forward. And we need to get people involved in a way where they can do it right now. And the surprising thing is when you look at millennials and especially Generation Z, they are some of the most enthusiastic about the social causes that they care about. I mean, that's what we see actually on the news. Younger people going out there talking and you know making noise and talking about the things that they care about. Again, they're just not in a position to be able to make that financial donation. So another way you could actually deal with the issue you brought up is to, is to go through and say, well, I have my preset of donors who are already engaged, and hopefully you already know who are your engaged donors because they've been doing it over the course of time. And mm -hmm. then you have these younger generation and other donors. You could have a separate campaign just on those donors, where again, you can ask for the donation if they're in a position to do it, but then also ask them to sign up for these programs. 
And when, you know, with younger generations, you have a, you have also another dichotomy between the older generation, and that is typically older generations are just as happy to be. I don't. It's not derogatory, but be more kind of like a drive-by donation where they're willing to say, "Here's my donation. I'm going to give you for the year. I'll see you next year. That's fine." Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, those donors are highly engaged with your organization, but younger generations won't do that. They're much more skeptical of the of organizations. They're much they scrutinize the organizations a lot more. They want more of the funds that they donate to have an impact. Sometimes even up to a hundred percent, which we know that's impossible right. for a nonprofit. You you have to have money to run your nonprofit to continue fundraising. But that's what these younger generations are looking at. But more importantly, they want something where they can live their values on a daily basis. They want to they want something where they can take action frequently. That lets them say, hey, I did this. A perfect example is, let's say, uh, recycling. That's something that you don't have to sit there and wait till, you know, one time in the year where you say, oh, now it's recycling day. It's Earth Day. Mm -hmm. Let's recycle. It's something you can do every single day that allows you to live your values. And that's really what uh, tools like shopping programs like ShopRaise really does. We allow these, these people to actually live their values every single day. In a way that makes sense, you know, again, we're not trying to force it on them, you know, at all, or make them go out of their way in order to take advantage of it. It's really about you're all you're you're shopping on a daily basis, you're shopping online, you're going to restaurants, you're buying groceries, all of those different programs are all about letting giving you those opportunities that you can easily take advantage of, uh, and live the values that you care about. And hopefully with the technology that exists now, it's easier than ever to be able to do it. So that way you don't have to, like I said, go out of, go a lot out of your way to make it happen. Because the more, the less friction you put in that transaction, the easier it is for people to take advantage of it. And the more people in at the end actually do take advantage. I appreciate you mentioning the easy uh, ways that these are evolving too, because I do remember some of these uh, earlier programs were a little bit more challenging to work with. And and for folks that maybe haven't looked at what's happening more currently, it's good to uh, get up to speed on how easy is it to sign up as the nonprofit? How easy is it for the um, potential supporter to come in and, and download the app or uh, name like, this is the charity I want my support to go to when I do this? Um, so from the perspective of the user, when they sign up as a, um, an app user, for example, um, do they pick a single charity? Can they divide their shopping up a little bit? How do how, What does that feel like from their perspective? Well, we've actually found that the best way to use a shopping program is to part is, is for us to partner directly with the nonprofit, because what we do is we actually create a custom onboarding for that user. Okay. We don't want a user to have to choose between which cause they want to support. Um, our Most of our customers, most of our supporters actually come from the nonprofits that we partnered with. And we have partnerships from, you know, small, uh, you know, let's say, uh, animal shelters and small local organizations all the way up to some of the biggest uh, international nonprofits, you know, in the world. And the, um, what happens is when a supporter signs up, our, our program basically becomes a branded version of, for that organization. They see their logo. They see the, the nonprofits logo, every single place. They see the nonprofits messaging that's on everything from the mobile app to the landing page, to the browser extension, to the thank you messaging, to the marketing all of that actually has the branding, uh, co-branding of the of the nonprofit. So they feel comfortable that they're in the space and, and supporting the cause that they care about. 
Now, because you're dealing with a smaller transaction amount, you don't want to divide that up among multiple nonprofits. You, obviously, you're dealing with a smaller amount, typically between 2 and 4% on every transaction. And from that transactional perspective, if you divide up, let's say, you know, on a $100 transaction, you have between 2 and $4. You don't want to divide that up among two or three different nonprofits. Each transaction is devoted to, devoted to one nonprofit. And what we found is that the vast majority of people have the cause that they care about. That's the one that they stick with. And then every transaction that they do. And like I said, we have, we have people who are doing their daily shopping and supporting those organizations. We even have people within the organization supporting themselves. So I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you have an office and you need just basic office supplies. You're probably going to go to one of the local retailers. Maybe it's an office max, maybe something like that to buy your pens or, or even Amazon to buy your pens and paper and all that type of stuff. With these types of programs, those organizations can actually start benefiting from any of the daily items that they need to buy as well. So it's really great. We have we have an organization that runs a donkey rescue and the person who is running it is actually using our program to buy the feed, to buy the materials, to buy the food of all the volunteers for that rescue. And it makes it really easy because, again, we're not asking them to buy things that they don't want to buy from retailers that they don't want to shop at. They can buy exactly what they want from where they're always, always bought it from before. And it becomes a really, really easy thing. I mean, if, if, I, if I gave you an option and say, well, um, $5 could go to the cause of your choice for this transaction or not, what are you going to choose? I choose right. the $5 every time. <laughs> right. And it's interesting. I, as you talk this through, though, I'm trying to en envision, I mean, I don't go to the, um, the, like in my case, I'm an Android user. I don't go to the Google Play Store and say, I want the Animal Humane Society shopping app. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a way of downloading the app. They don't, how do people get that so that it is that brand oh, sure. experience for them? So, you know, if for anybody who doesn't have, it's not typically our experience is we're partnering with a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. That nonprofit is promoting our program, their version of our program to their supporters. So it's through a series of emails, social media posts, basically every place that you used to promote Amazon Smile, which I know we'll probably talk about in a sec. Yeah. Um, and um, that's how we get the word out to all the individual supporters. And again, that supporter then signs up through the branded onboarding for for that nonprofit and they'll download the browser extension they'll download the mobile app and then from there all they have to do is as they're shopping and as those automated messages appear giving you an opportunity to support your nonprofit they just click the button and then they can shop in a store it's a little bit different because we have a gift card program you can actually use the gift cards to pay for items in a store so for I'll use Walmart as an example if you go to Walmart you can actually go and shop around and buy you know get all the stuff that you want when you go to that self-checkout, you can scan everything and you can actually buy the gift card instantaneously from the, the ShopRaise app and use that gift card to pay for your purchase. Mm -hmm. So it becomes really, really easy. Uh, a perfect example is just the other, other day I was at Starbucks and I was in the drive-thru. I ordered my coffee and I think it ended up being like $18 or something. It was very expensive at Starbucks. But <laughs> the whole point is, is that um, by the time I got to the window, I was able to use use the ShopRaise app, download, buy a gift card for for Starbucks, and then they just had to scan the code. And again, a portion of that purchase went to, went to my daughter's school because I was raising money for my daughter's school. So it became a really, really seamless, easy thing to do. Again, some people are going to say that's worth it. Some people are going to say, I really don't care. And the whole point is there's enough people out there who really care about their cause. And I always remind people that your supporters are actually doing things that are a lot more painful. 
a lot harder for them to do than pressing a button or than buying a gift card. So, uh, cause they want to support your cause. They're volunteering, they're taking time out, they're spending their money. I mean, that's obviously a lot harder than going out and paying for something that you were already going to buy something that you already wanted and you are already going to buy. So, right. So ahead of recording, we talked just for a second about uh, Amazon Smile, but you just mentioned it. It's a good moment, I think, to bring it up of uh, for folks that remember that program, you know, it was one half of a percent. Um, if you went to smile.amazon.com first uh, and and made sure that you were kind of going to that place on some purchases, not everything. Um, so, you know, getting people to the right link and having the right amount and all those things it just did not end up working over the long term. Amazon eventually terminated the program uh so that's you know no longer a thing but it was i think for a while early on in the nonprofit world kind of this moment of thinking boy people spend a lot of money on amazon um yep. how do i participate in um supporting our cause through that thing um and i i think there's some things to learn about what you know didn't work with amazon as the sure. intermediary uh, in that uh when when they were kind of running that and the request for people to the nonprofits to register and how people chose there, there's all sorts of things about that but now that it is gone and gosh is it a year or two i don't remember how long ago that ended it actually uh, ended in uh, march of 2023 so not even a year yet wow okay almost a year um, that 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 went away. I think there's there's things to learn about that. So as you look at this from a professional in the field, um, what do you take away from you know that experiment with with Amazon and um, sure. how how do you you said that Amazon can be a component of what you're doing at ShopRaise that people yeah, can still have so, that. So let, let me just give a real real quick breakdown. Amazon Smile started in 2013. At the time, they were able, the first year, they were donated $30 million to charity. That represented over $6 billion in transactions. Um, also at the time, I mean, one of the reasons why they promoted it. So even though we are partnered with Amazon Smiles, I will give the straight truth about what was going on at the time. Amazon had an affiliate program. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically if you have a blog and you want to, you know, you want to earn from Amazon sales, you sign up for an Amazon affiliate program and you would earn up to 10% for every uh, of uh, of the transaction. So if somebody went through your blog, clicked on a link and then bought $100 at Amazon, you could earn up to $10 of that transaction. At that time, lots of schools, nonprofits and people were signing up for the affiliate program. And Amazon decided to create their smile program as a replacement. They were kicking all of those organizations out of the affiliate program. They did not want to have it happen. Um, and then they started their smile program. And as you mentioned, the smile program has one half of 1% as the donation. So it was 20 times less than the, what they were giving for this, for other organizations doing the same thing. Again, you're doing, you think about it. You're doing exactly the same thing. If you have a blog and somebody's clicking on your link to buy something from Amazon, they're getting $10 at the same time you have your website or a nonprofit website. They were clicking on a link, sending to Amazon. You're getting, you know, one half of 1%. So you're getting basically 50 cents from that. Um, also two other big issues that Amazon did, as you mentioned, they had a completely separate website. You had to go to mm -hmm. smiles.amazon.com to get credit. And if you forgot to do that, tough, you lost the opportunity. The second problem was, is that, you know, even if you raised money, so there are actually org charities out there, nonprofits out there who are raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, these were the big guys, the really big organizations out there. They were raising hundreds of thousands of dollars through Amazon Smile. But again, the problem is once you get that check, the first question as a nonprofit you would ask, 
Okay, who did it? I want to recognize them. I want to bring them into my conversion funnel so I can get them engaged in my organization. And unfortunately, Amazon said, no, there are customers. You can't see anything. Um, They grew that program to uh, be over $90 million in donations uh, by the end of 2022. And then, of course, that represented $18 billion in sales. So the amount of money Amazon was making was huge, but they weren't donating a lot of it. Now, they decided to close the program. The public reason they decided to close the program was because they wanted they weren't having enough of an impact. Um, and I know that there were a lot of articles out there saying, uh, no, we actually really do rely on, even it might, it might only be a couple thousand dollars a year, we actually do rely on the Amazon income. Um, and of course, bigger organizations were actually raising significantly more. Um, but the real reason was, is that in 2022, uh, Amazon lost money for the first time in years. And so they were cutting every program they possibly could. At the time, they've laid off tens of thousands of employees. So they looked at the program and they made the decision and said, hey, you know, people are probably going to continue to shop at Amazon, even if we don't have the smile program. We look at that as a justification of the actual model. If people were willing to spend $18 billion through this program, even though it was difficult, what if we could say you don't have to just shop at Amazon, you could shop anywhere you want to? What if you don't just get one half of 1%, but you can earn up to 10%? Um, and what happens if you know every single person that actually made the you know made a purchase so you can bring them into your conversion funnel? If you do all those three things, you basically solved the problem that Amazon had. And again, that was their choice. There was no reason that they had to do it. If Amazon wanted to, they could they could have just said, hey, one half of 1% of all transactions on the platform will, will give to charity. And they said no. So that's basically why ShopRaise actually this this past year was we were we've been growing absolutely phenomenally because a lot of organizations are saying we have people who were using Amazon Smile who are were already using a shopping program and we want to replace it with something else. And ShopRaise is one of those options where people the nonprofits can use to replace that organization to replace that program. So you hit on a couple of just great points there, but the one that I want to make sure we come back to is this idea of uh, getting some way to connect with those users uh, after in support of or whatever after the shopping experience is done. So if they come in and register to support your charity on a browser extension or they they use that uh, branded experience through an app, um, there is a way that you will know that it was Steve Boland who decided to buy that power tool and therefore you got a couple extra bucks or, or how do they uh, be able to, to build connection with people who may primarily or or at first be using that tool to connect? Sure. Every organization that signs up, they have an admin. So um, once that once that organization claims that account and, lists, uh, and wants to access their admin, they can. Within that admin, they can see all the people who made purchases. They can't see where you purchased because obviously we want to protect the privacy of the user. Oh, yeah. Good point. But... But they can say, hey, uh, Steve Boland, you know, made uh, 10 purchases and he was able to donate, you know, $20 to your cause. And they're able to see, you know, when when somebody signs up for ShopRaise, we have in our terms and conditions that says we will share this information with the nonprofit. It's the nonprofit's program. So it's your, you know, as a nonprofit, you get to see all of that organization information. You could see the email addresses. You can then, again, communicate with that supporter however you want to. If you want to congratulate them, you want to, you know, again, invite them to a gala, invite them to volunteer, any of that type of stuff. You have access to that information. And that's, you know, 
again, to me, to me, that just made total sense because that always was that first question is like, who did it? Right. How do I recognize them and how do I get them engaged? Because they could be brand new people that I've never seen before, or they could be somebody who's already donated and now they're engaging with us on this, on this, you know, additional way. And that's, you know, to me, that was just logical and made a lot of sense. Again, it was a choice that Amazon made to not do that. And I thought it was the wrong one. <laughs> well, and it's not just this particular option that doesn't always connect people back into communications with the charity about what the success rates are. Uh, any of those uh, follow-up things that we like to be able to share with supporters uh, that if we didn't know how they came in, there's no way to connect with them around those things. And again, maybe someday they become an actual uh, cash donor in addition to a, a supporter who provides benefits through the shopping program or other things. But not having access to that isn't been only Amazon Smile. There's lots of other ways that people sometimes divert energy and, and connection time to bring somebody else uh, to make a, a, a supportive donation somewhere, but they don't connect with that information. So I'm really excited to hear that one of the options is that I can log in and get access to that info and try and respectfully communicate with people, not get too nosy, but at least get back to them and say, your donation through this program is part of what makes this work possible here's more if you'd like to learn more kind of thing um sure. do they get automated communication in addition to that option to be able to go in is there some kind of you know statement or support or something after a, a purchase or after a month's worth of purchases or is it kind of up to every individual charity to decide how often they want to try and reach out to people that are supporting them through that program Sure. And any shopping program that's worth your salt is going to have that feedback loop. So if you think about it, when you make a donation and actually, why don't I back up for a second? Because in reality, part of the one of the biggest benefits you get out of any shopping program is the engagement. Um, again, normally on a nonprofit, that engagement is I'm going to send a communication like an email or some sort of message or a letter or anything like that. And that's the engagement that that you're getting. With something like ShopRaise, you're actually getting that engagement in a more natural way. Again, while they're shopping, while they're at a retailer where they can they can have a portion go to the portion of the purchase go to the cause. And that engagement is actually multiple times a week, sometimes even more. Um, because but but again, it's natural because we're seamlessly integrating into that that uh, that opportunity into that shopping experience. So engagement is, is one really, really big opportunity that that something like ShopRaise does have. The other thing is, is that because there's a slight delay when you make the purchase and when we are able to find out about it, because remember, we also rely on the retailers to tell us that that transaction took place. And um, so a day or so later, sometimes it's within a few hours, but usually within about 24 hours, you're going to actually see that transaction appear and you get a message about it. So it kind of it helps you reinforce that that messaging and reinforce that that benefit that you did. It's like, hey, you know, your Walmart transaction appeared and here's your $3 donation for your cause. So, you know, it's a great way that we can celebrate that particular action uh, a second time and also encourage them to do more, which is really what it's kind of all about. If you think about kind of engagement with something like shopping, like ShopRaise, is that you end up actually getting a user into almost a feedback loop. They do a transaction. They, they get the message seeing the benefit and then they're like, this is absolutely fantastic, you know, because now they now they're encouraged to do more. The other thing is that we also uh, take care of any of the seasonal marketing to about shopping. So the so the nonprofit doesn't have to deal with it. So we just had Valentine's Day uh, come up. 
We don't expect the nonprofits to have to worry about Valentine's Day, unless you're something like the American Heart Association when that's sure. frankly <laughs> your day. Um, you know, most nonprofits really don't care. But obviously, people do shop at those different times, you know, different times around the year. Our biggest time of the year, where typically about 50% of all transactions take place, is the holidays. Um, that's when people are buying gift cards all over the place. They're buying gifts for everybody. Mm -hmm. They're going out to eat. They're doing everything. And, you know, again, nonprofit doesn't want to have to worry about that. And we handle all of those communications. So um, it's again, we are absolutely 100 percent respectful. We're not we're not intrusive. But the nice thing is that they're able to understand that this is the shop raise. You know, this is their version of the shop raise program and not the traditional donation messages. So like Giving Tuesday, for example, uh, I know that was a really, really big thing last year, even though uh, even though it was a record amount. I think the number of donors the last time I checked dropped about 10 percent, which was very unfortunate. But again, with the shopping program, we're able to seamlessly integrate into those types of messaging, because during that time, you might say, hey, I'm going to give for I'm going to give to uh, I'm giving Tuesday. And I think there were 34 million people who participated, mm -hmm. a huge number of people. But also at that time throughout, starting, frankly, in the end of October, we had people starting to buy their holiday gifts. So our our participating uh, causes saw a started to see a really big boost in their funds raised through our program during that time frame, all the way up through, frankly, uh, even the end of the year. So. So I just looked at the clock and we we're already starting to run a little low on time. Uh, it just flies by when you're learning such interesting things. But um, I do want to make sure before we lose all of our time that we um, kind of talk through the uh, how would a, a nonprofit identifies like, OK, we do have a, a fairly robust donation program from individuals already. We have a base of people to work with. Um, what's their first step in evaluating whether um, ShopRaise or, or other programs like yours might be the right thing for them? Well, I think the the first step is just internally talking with your team, talking with your board, uh, discussing uh, adding a shopping program. Again, many of uh, many of the organizations already have used Amazon Smile in the past, so it might be as simple as swapping out where you had Amazon Smile marketing with, you know, your new programs marketing. Um, and, but I would and talk just a the, quick aside on that. There's unfortunately far too many websites out there that still have dead links to that out there. So please make well, sure you've removed is, those. Yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. Amazon's still benefiting. They didn't turn off those links. So you're sending people off to Amazon and they're not getting it. Amazon's getting the benefit and you're getting no benefit, yeah. which is uh, was absolutely, absolutely crazy to me. But uh, I would start with talking with your organization, uh, your team, talking with the board. Um, look at the internal opportunities you have first before you bring out bring it out to anyone else. Um, are you buying, do you have office supplies, other, other materials that you're buying right now that you could actually use a program like ShopRaise to actually uh, gain a benefit from? Like I said, that, that donkey rescue that mm -hmm. is now gaining that benefit. Before they were just spending the money, they're going to spend it anyway. Uh, why not gain a benefit back for yourself? The second thing is also to take a look at and talk to if you have champions, if you have super supporters, if you have people that you can trust within your community, that you can talk to them and just say, hey, if we offered this program, what do you all think? Because those are the influencers that you're going to try to rely on to help spread the word as well. So that would be the place that that I would start uh, also is talking to them and saying, does this, does this make sense for you all? And then finally, also take a look at, you know, what is your marketing and how are you actually communicating with your supporters? Uh, one of the biggest challenges I can tell you that nonprofits have had using ShopRaise is that Again, we're not any different than any other program. If you don't promote it, you don't get any benefit out of it because people just won't sign up. 
Uh, we're also one of those things where your results that you normally get on, let's say, donation drives and things like that are going to be very similar. Meaning like if you have a 2% uh, click-through rate or 3% click-through click -through rate on your emails, that's what you're going to expect for, you know, a, a program like ShopRaise when you're when they're trying to sign up. But the one thing I would always recommend is don't look at shopping programs as an either-or. Uh, we've had we've had uh, organizations that would say, well, I'll do ShopRaise after I do my gala or after I do my big donor drive mm -hmm. or anything like that. These types of supplementary programs like ShopRaise are exactly that. They're supplementary. So if you can incorporate some of that messaging into your organization, current messaging, into the event messaging you're already doing, a perfect example is a physical event. If you have a gala or you have an auction or you have a golf outing or something like that, um, or even if you're doing like an online get together or, or offline, it's really, really easy to ask people to download the app while you're right there. It takes two or three minutes, doesn't take away from any of the other things that you're doing or your goals from your, for your organization, but you have the people who are engaged right in the room or right there where you can actually communicate. That's some of the easiest ways to get the word out to everybody. And if you think about these programs as that supplementary program and you integrate it into all your other communications, then you don't have then there's no trade-off. You don't have to, you don't have to say, well, I'll send the shop raise one and I'll wait for the donation or vice versa. And that's that's really the whole point. And I would say that's the biggest challenge that people, you know, have really when they're looking at it. Cause you don't want to look at that as a, like I said, as an either or. Well, Sean, I am so impressed with how much I've learned in a fairly short time just having this conversation with you. I, I really appreciate you uh, being willing to come in, even as I'm expressing, well, I don't know. You got to have to talk with me about it. I, I feel like I picked up a lot. So thank you so much for spending time with me and, and learning about this today. I really appreciate it. And it was absolutely a lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, if you're looking for a shopping program, uh, check out the industry. You can check out ShopRaise at ShopRaise.com. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, we're here. Uh, I always I always say this to all the nonprofits we talk to is that, you know, I I get to be part of an industry that gets to help you guys do the amazing work that you all yep. do. And that's that's you know, that's the thing that really gets us going every single day. So whether we are an organization that you want to partner with or if you just want to have you just need some information about it or you're just looking for additional help. There's amazing, amazing people supporting the nonprofit industry like you as well, Steve, that uh, that make it, uh, uh, you know, and we're, we're always here to help and we're trying to provide you the best information we can. So, again, really appreciate you having me on today. Sure. We will have a link to the ShopRace site on the in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone right now, you can just click into those and click on through to learn more. Uh, Sean Kaliza is the founder and CEO at ShopRace. Sean, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. 